Hey, it's Dr. Michael Rich, the Mediatrician. I'm a practicing pediatrician, child health researcher, and a lifelong filmmaker who understands how powerfully screens engage and change us as people. As a doctor who takes care of kids, works with them every day, I see how they struggle with the screens in their lives, from smartphones to televisions, and how their parents' concern for their physical, mental, and social health is intertwined with all of this. So to really understand how to raise healthy, happy, productive kids in a world filled with digital screens, I try to bring the two worlds I know, the world of media and the world of pediatrics, together. Mediatrics educator Christelle Lavalley joins me here each week to address your questions. Yes, I do, and I'm so happy to be here, Michael. I have a very interesting question for you, and this one actually wasn't submitted. I kind of overheard it at a coffee shop. <laughs> so setting the scene, I'm, I'm at this shop, I'm trying to do work, and these two guys are sitting across from me at these tables, and they're talking about going off to college next year, and they're super excited about it, and I'm, you know, I'm hearing their conversation, and one of them is clearly on his smartphone, and he's just swiping, right? Just swiping. And I'm like, this guy is on a dating app. Like, I know it. <laughs> and his friend notices it too. And he's like, dude, what are you doing? And he's saying, oh, you know, I'm on Tinder. I'm just looking through. You really got to get on this man, especially before we go to school. You, you, you got to make it happen. And his friend responds and he's like, oh no, can't do that. That is, I can't get an STD. Like, this is one way you can't, you got to get off that. And so then they proceed to have this conversation about how it is, it is a definite STD trap being on these dating apps. So how can we help these guys out before they head off to higher education? Wow, great question. You know, I see adolescents all the time yes, in do. my <laughs> practice, and I take care of kids who have sexually transmitted infections all the time. But let's take a step back and break down the science behind this. I think we need to. Absolutely, <laughs> because the risk of contracting a sexually transmitted infection has less to do with how you meet someone than what you do when you do meet them. Okay, so to be clear, because I feel like this is actually just floating around in the ether when it comes to these dating apps, there isn't one dating app where you can say, anyone I meet on here is definitely going to have an STD or an STI, or like, this one is safer, this one's better, this one, because the guys were kind of bantering back and forth about, you know, Tinder versus some of the other ones. At this point in time, there certainly hasn't been a study that conclusively finds that people who use Tinder, Grindr, or Hinge are more or less likely to have acquired an STI than those who use OkCupid or Bumble. Um, what differs is what their intent is to use them. In other hmm. words, some people, and this varies literally moment to moment, community to community, have such urban myths around that this one is better for hooking up or this one is better to find someone you want to date. Definitely, I've um, heard those. And, and so... It's that intent that drives how you meet people. But let's look at really what puts you at risk for an STI. Obviously, having sex with someone that you don't know and don't know their sexual history increases your risk of an STI. Certainly, having sex that does not use a barrier method, such as a condom, increases your risk of an STI. The more partners you have, the greater your risk. Also makes sense. Right. And so you can imagine that if you are 
hooking up for one-night stands as opposed to looking for someone to date for a period of time, you're going to end up in contact with more partners. Greater risk. Um, Engaging with a partner who's had multiple partners. Again, this also loops back to how well do you know this person? Right. I feel like number one is so important here. Right. And frankly, not just how well do you know them, but how much do you trust what they tell you about their sexual history? Trust. Um, Another thing is engaging in sexual contact when you've been using substances such as alcohol or cannabis or anything Um, because, you know, it lowers your resistance, it lowers your inhibitions, it lowers your judgment. We have a lot of things where that are obvious, though. You don't engage in sexual contact with someone who has an obvious STI, who <laughs> who has a lesion or yeah, a discharge yeah. or something of that nature. I don't mean to be gross, but take a look. Yeah. If, you might learn something. <laughs> anyway, so let, but but this is purely clinical judgment around exactly what we know and what statistics show your risk of getting an STI are. And so I think that what we need to do is, first of all, you need to go back to that coffee shop, find those two guys and set them straight and really talk to them in a realistic way about the way they think about STIs. Okay, so I think that definitely helped my coffee shop guys out when it comes to STI risk and dating apps. But I'm curious to what your advice might be more broadly about these dating, sometimes called hookup apps, um, as a hot topic. Uh, Yeah, that's interesting. I think that some of these apps, including Tinder, which is a presume what you were talking about when you were saying he was swiping right and left. Yeah, well, Um, he was saying that he was on Tinder. (laughs) Okay, okay. Um, But they really exist to give people the opportunity to meet new people, Mm -hmm. um, to connect with someone they've never really met in person but is nearby and also interested in hooking up. Proximity is important. Absolutely. Young people are opportunistic risk takers. This goes true. This is true for yeah, for sex. If someone is nearby who wants to have sex, it's also true for drinking. If mom and dad's liquor cabinet is open, if it's available, exactly. Yeah, and they are risk takers in an opportunistic way. When I get the family car, I will drive recklessly. You know, sort of thing. Um, So these apps are helping that. Absolutely, they're They're kind of feeding into that, especially for adolescents and their brains. And and. These apps are a tool that helps facilitate sexual content with low to no personal investment in terms of caring. What do you mean by that? Well, in terms of caring and commitment and aware of the consequences of which STIs are one. Um, Which is why you can just kind of swipe through people as if they're nothing. Absolutely. And, And treat it like a purely physiologic function like eating. Or taking a dump, right? You know, and <laughs> going back to gross, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, but look, being a doctor is gross yeah, in no, some ways. Okay, <laughs> I, gotcha. I, I gotta go there. You yeah. know, yeah, I mean, no, we're talking about we STIs, to. exactly, and we need to clearly for these guys. But but I think that when you put it in that context, when sex is treated that way, you lose so much. It's cheaper, but it just has no value to you. It's just huh. a release, like a sneeze, huh. and it's yeah. not something that is sustaining you in deep and meaningful ways where you can look at that person afterwards and say, I'm really glad we did that. 
Mm, I really yeah. want to do that again. I want to be with you. The I relationship. Want, exactly. Yeah. And ultimately, that's what sustains us in life is our connection with each other, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And our ability to work together toward creating something greater than both of us, whether that's just the relationship or whether eventually that may be children you create together. And so I think that we need to value and respect ourselves enough to treat sex with this seriousness that it deserves because it will give us back so much more. And so I think that when we look at these apps, they're not the problem. I think we often will blame the device or the app when we really should be looking at our own behavior. And so where the device or app come in is in our intent for what we're going to do with that app, not the app itself. Motivation matters. Absolutely. And, and, and your goal matters. You know, what, what is your intent? Where are you going with this? I think that's so important. Well, um, Michael, just to end on a, on a high note, I did. I was just recently invited to a wedding, and the couple met on Tinder. Awesome. Yeah. So I just, well, obviously I think they great. swipe think, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think it also speaks to your point about being mindful and knowing what you're looking for. They, in their like little web, like wedding website bio, they said that the reason, one of the reasons why they were attracted to each other was because they both put looking for a serious relationship in their profile on a dating app. So that goes to show that no app dictates what the outcome will be. It's who, we who dictate yep. that outcome and we can make it happen. So, Good things happen in the strangest places. <laughs> so, coffee shop guys, I, I hope this helps you become a little bit more mindful about that uh, that dating app use. And for everyone else, you can find out more about this and many other topics related to healthy media habits and all of our science-based information at askthemediatrician.org. You can find links to all of our resources also at askthemediatrician.org. And remember, you can actually connect with our mediatrician on Twitter at mediatrician and submit your own question at askthemediatrician.org. And please make sure that you share and subscribe to this podcast. Enjoy your apps and use them wisely. But most importantly, enjoy your relationships and nurture them wisely. Ask the Mediatrician is hosted by Dr. Michael Rich. Joined by pediatrics educator Christelle Lavalley. Jill R. Cavanaugh is our Chief Knowledge Officer. Original music composed by Christopher Cerf. Podcast and music recorded, mixed, and edited at Saturn Sound Studios. Executive producer Alicia Haywood. <laughs>